0: Joe Biden's presidency is just a few weeks old and seismic shifts in political policy have already taken place. One of Biden's first acts was to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord. He cancelled the Keystone XL pipeline, which has had the immediate result in eliminating over a thousand construction jobs in both the United States and Canada. Following this, Biden administration issued a 60-day ban on oil and gas leases and permits on federal land and waters. Well, the Hindu News reported a statement from Jack Sullivan, Biden's new U.S. national security advisor, where he said, it occurs to me something that Joe Biden has really reinforced for us, which is that foreign policy is domestic policy, and domestic policy is foreign policy. And at the end of the day, right now, the most profound national security challenge facing the United States is getting our own house in order, is domestic renewal. End quote. The administration recognizes the domestic agenda definitely affects foreign policy. Others in the U.S. government recognize the same fact and are very concerned with the direction things are going. Biden's policy changes with regards to energy have been heavily criticized as putting North America's energy independence at risk. Governor Rick Peters of Nebraska issued the following statement. Keystone XL is a critical part of putting together an all-of-the-above strategy for North American energy independence. Failure to construct the pipeline would mean more dependence on overseas energy sources as well as fewer jobs and less property tax relief for Nebraskans. This is a project that would greatly benefit not just Nebraskans but also our whole country and it is our hope that TC Energy presses forward. Well, according to Forbes magazine, almost a quarter of the U.S. oil production and 12% of the natural gas production takes place on federal land and water. For the last 11 years, the article continues, the long-term increases in domestic production fueled by hydraulic fracturing has carried the United States towards a net exporter status and energy independence. America is now the world's largest hydrocarbon producer. This trend has seen U.S. imports from OPEC oil cartel plummet from over 6 million barrels a day to slightly under 700,000. With independence comes the liberty to take moral stance, otherwise viewed as bad for business, something Democrats should remember if they intend to confront Saudi Arabia, Russia, Iran, and Venezuela. If the United States cedes its hard-fought oil market share, it is certain others will fill the gap. Already, Russia and Saudi Arabia have scrapped for dominance, and Iran and Qatar remain joint owners of the world's largest natural gas field. The yielded revenue would go to America's geopolitical rivals, where democratic norms are trampled and environmental standards are limited and enforcement is lax. End quote. So America's energy independence is what has given it the luxury to extract itself from the pressure of the Arab Straits. In nineteen seventy three, the Arab oil producing countries proclaimed an oil embargo at nations perceived as aiding Israel during the Yom Kippur War oil was used as a weapon. The global recession resulted and tensions between the U.S. and Europe skyrocketed. In 1979, the Carter administration was put over a barrel with the cost of oil skyrocketing, bringing America to its knees once again. Since that time, America has been looking to create energy independence. In December 2018, America became a net exporter of oil, breaking nearly 75 continuous years of dependence on foreign oil. President Trump used this change in America's dependence on the Arab world to change the negotiation techniques America would use. It recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital. It recognized the Golan Heights, gave legitimacy to the settlements throughout Judea and Samaria. It used its newfound upper hand to push forward the Abraham Accords and change the status quo in the Middle East that had existed since Israel's formation. The socialist and environmentalist agenda of Biden's administration is pushing the country in an entirely different direction. His policies are largely reactionary against the Trump presidency. In an interview with Fox News, former U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Nikki Haley stated the following regarding America's foreign policy and domestic policy policy that we see currently with Biden. She stated this is about being smart and what Biden is showing is he's more interested in reversing everything President Trump did than being strategic in how we keep America strong going forward. End quote. Well, it's too early to chart the course of the new American administration. What we do know is the end result. At the time of the end, America will be weakened and unable to prevent the invasion of the land, as described in Joel, Zechariah, Ezekiel 38 and 39, Daniel and Revelation. The current change in policy is clearly the hand of the Lord working in the nations to bring about his will. This has been how the angels have worked since the beginning of time. Remember the hostilities of the nations when Israel went into the land. This was of the Lord, as Joshua 11 describes. We read in verses 18 to 20, Joshua made war a long time with all those nations. There was not a city that made peace with the inhabitants of Israel, save the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon. All other took in battle, for it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly." And that they might have no favor, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. End quote. Well, the angelic hand was at work to move the nations against Israel so God could deal with them according to his divine will. Now consider the words of Jeremiah 18 verses 6 to 8. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the hand of the potter, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. At what instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom, to pluck up, to pull down, to destroy it, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I have thought to do to them. End quote. Well, there are times when God speaks against a nation to pull it down. God points out that He, it is his prerogative to change his mind if they repent. But he's not a legalist. He is looking for the end result. It is God that will bring the Gogian confederacy down into the land and weaken the nations so that they are powerless to intervene in the latter times. He does this for a specific purpose that we read of in Ezekiel 38 verse 23. Thus, he says, "...will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord." Well, the effects of the changed situation in the Middle East are already clearly being seen. America may be taking a different course, but the new situation in the Middle East is already bringing great dividends. Reuters reported the speed of trade and growth in the region this past Saturday. We read The trade deal between Dubai and Israel has reached over 1 billion dirham, or 272 million US dollars, over the last five months. The Dubai media office said on Saturday, Saturday, Israel and the United Arab Emirates agreed in August to normalize diplomatic relations. Quote. Even the AI monitor, founded by the Syrian-American Jamal Daniel, had to acknowledge. The thesis that the Abraham Accords are a partial realization of the Trump administration's deal of the century is gaining momentum, as by the close of economic ties emerging between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, the UAE, and Bahrain, and through them, Saudi Arabia too. Mastar CEO Mohammed Jamil al-Rahami told the press the UAE, UAE and Israel are opening a new era of cooperation in renewable energy and advanced technology, which will benefit both peoples and support our target for clean energy. Chairman of the Israel Export Institute, Avid Baruch, told AI Monitor that ties with the UAE and the ensuing investments are one of the most important developments to advance Israel's economy. These countries are centers of international finance and trade which connect us with the regional giants like Saudi Arabia and the enormous business world in the Far East. He also pointed out that the Export Institute estimates for the last two months of 2020 alone show $1 billion in investments between Israel and the UAE. End quote. Well, this is interesting to note. A lot of investment surrounds agricultural technology as well. The Bible speaks of Israel's success in this area when describing in Ezekiel 38 verse 12, the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods and dwell in the midst of the land. Added to this are the prophecies of the revival of the land, and this is God's doing, as we read in Joel 2, verses 18-19. to Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people, yea, the Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach amongst the nations. Well, prophecies like this are in embryonic fulfillment and are practically working out in the technologies that have been developed. They are so successful that they become part of the attraction to the Gogian host as Ezekiel described in verses 12 and 13 of chapter 38, which we read. Well, Biden Jack Sullivan, his national security advisor, and Robert Malley, his newly appointed special envoy to Iran, have made it clear one of the top priorities of the new administration is Iran. The Financial Post reported on Friday about this top diplomat, Robert Malley. It says Robert Malley, who has faced sharp criticism from Republican lawmakers, will be tasked with trying to get Iran back to the negotiating table on its nuclear program. Now, the Guardian newspaper stated that Mali was a key member of former Barack Obama's team that negotiated the nuclear accord with Iran and world powers, an agreement that Donald Trump abandoned in 2018. It also pointed out some of his interesting background. Mali was the son of an Egyptian journalist and Iran expert, that was informal advisor to Obama's 2008 campaign, but resigned after it emerged that he had met representatives of the Palestinian military group Hamas while working for the International Crisis Group. Malley was later brought into the Obama administration, in which Biden served as vice president as a top Middle East advisor. Malley's father, Simon, came from an Egyptian-Syrian Jewish family. He supported Gamal Abdel Nasser's revolution in Egypt and was a founding member of the Egyptian Communist Party. Simon Malley was a friend and confidant of Yasser Arafat, a supporter of various terrorist groups such as Algeria's FLN, and a rabid enemy of Israel. Simon Malley lived in France from 1969 to 1980, where he published a magazine, Africasia. According to his obituary, published by the Guardian. He saw himself and the magazine as advocates of newly independent states like Algeria and Egypt and for liberation struggles throughout the world, most notably the Palestinians. Well, he was ordered to leave the country on suspect of engaging in clandestine pro-Soviet activities and due to his hostility towards the West and Israel. Well, that's Mali's father. His mother, Barbara, Nee Silverstein, Mali, a New Yorker, who worked for the United Nations delegation of the leftist Algerian National Liberation Front, the FLN. After marrying Simon Malley, she co-published the Africasia publication. The publication CAMERA, the Committee for Accuracy in the Middle East Reporting and Analysis, stated the following... Mali's parents were rapidly anti-Israel and counted Yasser Arafat as a personal friend. Indeed, Arafat was amongst those leaders, for want of a better word, who intervened with the French government to readmit the Mali family to France after they had been expelled for their radical activities. One of his fellow law students was Barack Obama, who he would later work for. His own leanings are clear, as the Jewish Star published... Malley, this is Tom Malley, the son, who is now going to be the advisor on Iraq, on Iran, sorry. Malley was reputedly fired as a member of Obama's campaign staff for having secret meetings with Hamas. But in fact, he was a willing sacrificial lamb to make Obama look good. The article continues. Malley was anti-Israel. The stance was demonstrated by some of his greatest hits, op-eds which trashed the Jewish state and supported the terrorist cause, including... An article published by the Baltimore Sun, February 2016, entitled Making the Best of Hamas Victory, in which Mali called for the showering of government or international aid on Hamas-led government for, uh, and for international engagement with Hamas. Another article published by the New York Times in 2002 entitled Rebuilding a Damaged Palestine in which he blames Israel's security forces for weakening Palestinian security forces and calls for international forces to restrain the Israelis. Well, that's just two examples, and this background gives a pretty clear idea of where Mali's allegiances lie. These are the kinds of people Joe Biden, who, knowing his background completely, chooses to surround himself with and sets his policy by. The Arab News, an English-language daily newspaper in Saudi Arabia, reported the following about the policies of Biden. The incoming U.S. administration, even before formally taking office, is apparently repeating the same mistakes made by the Obama administration. These continuous democratic blunders fuel tensions in the region and provide an opportunity for Iran to step up its hostile behavior via the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and its deployment of loyalist militias. The mistaken beliefs of the incoming Biden administration are not only dangerous, but are also based on groundless goodwill. If Biden's administration rejoined the nuclear deal and lifted the unilateral UN sanctions imposed on Tehran, what would compel the Iranian regime to engage in further negotiations, particularly in relation to its missile program and hostile regional behavior? End quote. Well, ABC News picked up on the opposition to Biden's policy from both Democratic and Republicans and from Israel and the Sunni Arabs. We read, Biden also faces pressure both from Democrats and Republican opponents of the Iran deal. They don't want the U.S. to throw away the leverage of sanctions until Iran has made, is made to address other items objectionable to Israel, Sunni Arab neighbors, and the United States. That includes Iran's ballistic missiles and the substantial and long-standing intervention in Syria, Yemen, Lebanon, and Iraq. Biden promises to deal with all that too. End quote. Well, time will tell how he deals with the issues surrounding Iran. What interests us is the fact that Israel and the Sunni Arabs are on the same side of the table when it comes to Iran. To make things worse, Biden has been backtracking on security commitments to Saudi Arabia and the UAE, as the Middle East Monitor reported. The U.S. administration of President Joe Biden has temporarily suspended the sale of arms to Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates in a significant move against the two U.S. allies and in opposition to the preferential treatment given the Gulf states by the former President Donald Trump. In a White House press conference yesterday, the new Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, announced that he was reviewing the commitments guaranteed by the U.S. towards Arab states who had normalized ties with Israel, despite praising and endorsing those agreements. Under Biden's temporary measure, the landmark sale of 50 F 35 fighter jets to Abu Dhabi and other arms sales to Riyadh have all been put on hold. End quote. Well, this move is sending shockwaves through America's Sunni allies, causing them to wonder what's coming next from America. To add to this, Biden has suspended sanctions against Saudi Arabia's enemies in Yemen, the Houthis. We're told on Monday, Biden suspended some of Trump's sanctions against the Houthis. This swing of the pendulum is reminiscent of Obama's Great Reset. Ultimately, the effect of the reset was to push the Arab states and Israel into a formerly undreamt-of security alliance. Common enemies can create unlikely friendships. Following the Abraham Accords, these security alliances have become economic alliances with, with many of the players. The geopolitical intelligence publication Stratfor provided the following analysis on Israel's response to Biden's renewed Iranian initiatives. Israel is ratcheting up pressure on Iran and the United States as it publicly prepares a military option against Tehran's nuclear program that would risk triggering a larger regional conflict. On January 25th, the Chief of Staff of Israel's Defense Forces, the IDF, Lieutenant General Avi Kochavi, said that the Israeli military was refreshing its plans for a strike on Iran to supplement Israel's current strategy. Kochavi said the IDF would develop the plans over the next year. The IDF reportedly requested $918 million to supplement its annual budget from the Knesset to develop military options for an advanced strike. End quote. Before Biden took office, the Arab states made clear their thoughts. CNBC reported the falling on January 22nd. The United Arab Emirates said it was absolutely in favor of continuing the pressure on Iran, a policy by the Trump administration aimed at forcing the regime to halt its nuclear activities and cut off support for militants in the Middle East. The UAE representative stated, I think we are still in favor of maximum pressure. Absolutely, said Omar Gabash, the UAE's assistant minister for culture and public diplomacy. Regarding the Obama nuclear agreement, he pointed out it didn't take our concerns into account. It treated us as bystanders and spectators when we felt it was directly concerning our security. The same article reported the Saudi Arabians' positions. It stated Saudi Arabia's foreign ministry in November also told CNBC that the kingdom should be included in any negotiations between the US and Iran. A new agreement should limit Iran's nuclear activities but also address its regional malign activities, the minister said at the time. Saudi Arabia and Iran have been wrestling for dominance in the region for decades, end quote. Israel has taken steps to bolster security of its neighbors in the region. It has allowed the U.S. to install its Iron Dome missile defense systems in the Gulf region. Haaretz Daily reported on Sunday the following. The United States is expected to soon begin deploying Iron Dome missile interceptor batteries, one of the jewels of Israel's arms manufacturing industry, in its bases in the Gulf states, according to security officials. This comes against the backdrop of the Abraham Accords between Israel and the Gulf states, the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain, and two two of the large U.S. arms deals, one with the UAE and the other with Saudi Arabia. Because of the sensitivity of the matters for the Americans, Israeli officials are refusing to reveal in which two countries the Iron Dome interceptors will be deployed. But behind closed doors, Israel gave its tacit agreement to the Americans to place the batteries in order to defend its forces from attacks by Iran and its proxies, according to Israeli officials. End quote. The relationship between the Sunni Arab states and Israels are continuing to develop. If America backs away, or becomes hostile to Saudi or Israelis, or even just becomes apathetic to their security, they will look more to each other to bolster their security. What we are seeing is the angels at work, bringing about the right conditions for the time of the end. As we see the end approaching, we need to prepare ourselves for the Lord's soon return, when his saints will be gathered to him, ready to remove the corrupt governments of the world and establish the kingdom of God on earth. We read in Revelation 2, verse 25 to 29... That which ye have already, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works until the end, to him will I give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the Ecclesiastes. This has been Jonathan Bowen joining you. Tune in next week for another edition of the Bible in the News.